Running is not meant to be stressful, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's meant to bring us joy, clarity, and confidence. That's why I'm on a mission to teach you how I keep running simple and help you find your inner grit. Let's put an end to the idea that running is just one more weight loss strategy, because the truth is, running can actually be your ticket to a happier, more fulfilled life. By the way, this misconception that running is only meant for certain people, that the ability to run is something you either have or you don't, well, this just isn't true. Running has nothing to do with ability and everything to do with confidence. So follow me while I show you how to run your happy life. Welcome to the Run Your Happy Life podcast. I am Tina, and thanks so much for hanging out with me. I love today's topic, which I say all the time, but you know, really, I do. Um, because, you know, Mike and I laughed a lot about this when we reflected back on our journey through life and what it meant to be athletes when we were in high school and having kids, how we're kind of like reliving it through them in a way, and how it's kind of affected us to this point. And so I'll start by saying this. I am currently 39 years old and I have two kids. I have a an eight-year-old and I have a five soon to be in a few days, six-year-old. And both of them are enrolled in swimming, swim lessons. And my youngest is enrolled in baseball as well. And so my oldest is on a swimming team and she does, you know, competitive swimming. So she has swim meets and and things like that. And my youngest just made the swim team so that he's going to start training on the you know the same team for his age group soon and so we've gotten to watch them play sports and this is really the first couple of years that they've gotten into it as far as just you know really being at the point where their skills have developed enough to be you know somewhat competitive and so Mike and I always joke about the fact that you know, you rank kids, right? Like about like, where do they fall? It's natural. It's so natural. We do it for ourselves. We do it for our kids. And I don't know if it's healthy or not, but everybody does it to think like, okay, well, how do they stack up? Like, how are they doing overall? And so it got Mike and I, you know, we watch our kids in sports and we know their strengths and weaknesses. And um, we start talking a lot about our own strengths and weaknesses when it came to sports. So growing up, I played all of the sports. I'm from a very small town. And the beauty of that was that you got to participate in pretty much every sport that was available to you. This was for my husband, Mike, and myself. And so that meant that during softball season, I played softball. During volleyball season, I played volleyball. During basketball season, I played basketball. During cheerleading season, I was a cheerleader. I was also in the marching band. We literally had the opportunity to do everything. And, and everybody pretty much did. I did dance lessons. And I also grew up in a family with two other sisters, one older and one younger. So I was smack dab in the middle. And while my younger sister was born 10 years after me, so I was the youngest for a while, I then became the middle child when I was about 10 years old. And so that does kind of play into this a little bit. And Mike talks about his him having a similar experience, right? Like he played many sports. He played football during football season, baseball during baseball season, basketball during basketball season, and was also in the marching band because, hey, we got to go to Disney if you were in the marching band. And we were pretty freaking good. So I will say that. We won awards. We were competitive and, and we were good. Everybody also loved to go to band camp, which is funny. 
<laughs> but every summer we got to go, you know, away and stay at a college and, you know, practice for the marching band. So anyway, it was a great experience. So different than the way I'm raising my kids right now. We live in Virginia Beach. It's a it's a big city and the opportunities are endless. And so, you know, initially I thought this was going to be great because they have the opportunity to do so many things. Like we didn't have swimming. We didn't have swim teams whenever I was in school. We didn't have wrestling. We didn't have hockey. We didn't have field hockey. We didn't have lacrosse. We didn't have gymnastics. We didn't have those things. And so I thought, well, we have everything here. How exciting. The thing is, as a parent, it's a very challenging to try to figure out, especially when your kids are the same age that, that mine are right now, like, what do you put them in? Like, these things take a lot of time. And are you choosing the right things? Like, there's soccer and baseball and softball and hockey and swimming and dancing and gymnastics. And there's not just one, you know, dance studio in this city. There are so many that you also have to narrow down and choose like, okay, well, if they try gymnastics, which gymnastics place are they going to go to? And it's really, really difficult. And so, well, there is some beauty to it. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that we have. It's a very overwhelming as a parent. And you always feel the pressure of like, and we, are we, dabbling in the right things. Like, is this their strength? Is this their thing? Like we feel kind of, you know, compelled to figure out what their thing is. Because also here, when you're in a big city, you have to like, you kind of have to pick your thing. And then you have to do all of, all of the things that you can in training for that in order to be, you know, really relevant and make the teams and, and to be prepared for high school sports and things like that. So, you know, if you're going to devote yourself to, if you want to play soccer, then you're going to have to go all in. You know, you're going to have to do travel teams. You're going to have to do, you know, soccer through all seasons. And it's just the way that it works around here. And it's so different than the way we grew up because we could do all of the things. It just depended on what season we were in. And literally during football games, I was a cheerleader. Mike was a football player. And of course he couldn't change to be in the marching band because it was halftime for him. But all of the cheerleaders during halftime would literally change into their band uniforms and go out and perform the halftime show, then come back and change into their, like, it was just a thing. It was the nature of, of how things, you know, ran. And so I'm telling this story because it's relevant to where we are today when it comes to running and things like that. But, you know, okay. So you have your kids in these sports and it's very important that you kind of like, you try to find out what are they naturally good at and also what do they enjoy? And so we're kind of in that journey right now of identifying what they're excelling in and, and what they like, what do they want to go to? Is this something they're naturally good at? Are they struggling with it, but they still want to do it? Like so many things. And so we're always having that conversation of like, okay, so, you know, it's not, <laughs> this activity may not be like their best thing, like, but they really like it. So we're going to, we're going to keep at it and let them keep doing it. They may not be the fastest on the team or, you know, hit the farthest or whatever it is. And they're still very young. So this isn't a matter of saying like, you know, my kids aren't good enough. It's just the conversation of where do we go from here? Like, do we stick with this? Do we try something new? Do we dabble in that? Do we try a summer camp? And so, and, and it just leads us into those conversations. And we, and Mike and I constantly laugh about this idea that I was always like, Mike, you know, I was never the best at any of the sports that I played. Like I did them all and I was, and I'm using air quotes, pretty good at them, but I was never the best. Like I was not going to be captain of the cheerleading squad and I was not going to be the first person chosen for the team, but I was good. Like I held my own and I feel very proud of my, 
you know, my experience in sports and, and, and the outcome. And I had, I, I think that I was a very valuable player. I just, I was never like the best on the team. And we always joke. And he was like, oh my gosh, neither was I. He said like, we always joke and say, well, we were like, you know, second or third best in everything and all of the things that we did. And we laugh so hard about that because we're talking about it with our kids and, and trying to find what they excel at. And we're like, wait a minute. Like we were actually both just pretty good at the things we did. We were never the best. We were never, you know, I was never going to be top of the class. Like there was nothing that I didn't have one thing that I was truly the best at and neither did he. We were just pretty good at a lot of different things. And I remember my mom saying to me, wow, Tina, you're like the jack of all trades, trades, trades. Um, and you know, the, I think the end of the quote is you're a jack of all trades and a mass trades and a, a master of none. So like, you're not going to be the best at one thing, but you're going to be pretty good at lots of different things. And so that's kind of how, you know, we stack up in life and we laugh about it because it's true. Now, my sisters have a different experience and not to go into too much detail. And maybe when I have interviews with them, we can talk about it, but both of them excelled very much at softball. Like that was their jam. Now they played lots of sports too, but softball was like, they were amazing. And so they were on, you know, travel teams and they were, you know, given scholarships to play in college and they were just phenomenal that they played year round. Like that was their jam. That was their thing. And again, while they did other things like that was, they really excelled at that. They were really very, very good at it. And they were, you know, the best in their, in their field and something to be super proud of. And so we, we joke about that. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was a second child and I kind of just, I don't know, maybe I wasn't forced to work as hard because I was second, right? And there were, you know, my parents were busy with my sister. And I mean, and not that I was ignored. It's not that kind of thing. But, and I get this having two kids, like, you know, with my oldest, obviously she's the oldest and I'm getting her more involved than my youngest. And so naturally, you know, he kind of takes a backseat to that while we, you know, do all of her things because she's older and that's what we have to do. And so maybe it's birth order that kind of, you know, ended things that way, but I never did like the travel teams and things like that. I was very happy. I felt very successful. I felt, you know, very confident in, in the sports that I played, but it's just kind of where, how things went. And then we got to talking and I really got to thinking about this. I was talking to my sister last night on the phone, my older sister. And I said to her, you know what I've been thinking is that I really was never the best at anything. And she was laughing too. We were laughing and she was like, you know what though, Tina, you know, maybe being the best is not, is not really all it's cracked up to be. Like she said, I felt like I was the best and not to say like, you know, I was better than this person, but she felt like she literally like that she, she excelled at what she was practicing, but there is a price to pay for that. And we started talking about like, as you move into adulthood. So if you are in that category where you were, you know, perceived yourself to be the best, or you were, you know, top of your class, whatever it was, you kind of set this expectation for yourself for life, right? And and so she had worded it as there's nowhere to go but down. Like, you know, you know, as you get older, things get harder and life gets harder and there's no way to to maintain that level of success. And so it does have, you know, impact on you mentally and emotionally whenever you're trying to do new things as an adult such as maybe starting a running program or starting, you know, wanting to train for a race. Now for me, I, and I don't mean this like facetiously, I don't mean this like in a negative way, but I don't expect myself to be the best. That is not a place that I ever held. I expect myself to be pretty good. I expect myself to hold my own. I expect myself to work pretty hard, but I know that I'm not going to be the best. And, and that's okay with me. And I never expected that. And I think that 
that was kind of a gift, right? It's kind of a gift that I was given unintentionally. But because of that, I am totally comfortable with where, how I perform and, and where I fall and, and people doing better than me. And, and I'm always okay with that. And I typically expect it. Not that I expect myself to not do well. Again, I expect myself to work hard and hold my own, but my goals are based off of my previous goals. I don't base them off of like, well, I have to be faster than all of the people I know that run. Like that's not a thing. It's never been a thing for me. And so I don't naturally expect that. Now, for people who maybe grew up and that was their role, and maybe it was in sports, or maybe it was even like, you know, top of the class. Like I always had to be smarter than everybody. If you if you ever held a place where you were like, you know, top of anything, then maybe it's hard for you to come back and and to make yourself vulnerable enough to do something and know that you're not going to be the best. Or in this case with running, like I'm not going to be the fastest. I'm not going to be the strongest. And that's probably a hard pill to swallow. And I wonder how many people are out there not trying things like that, that are new because they have this fear of how it will feel and impact them to not be good at it. Isn't that an interesting concept? And I wanted to share this because I want you to reflect a little bit on your history and your upbringing and your experiences and and think about how that might play into your thoughts in regards to the running journey you might be on or any new adventure or something that you're thinking about diving into that's new for you. Like it's an uncomfortable place to be and it's a very hard place to be in, but I think that I'm more comfortable naturally because again, I don't expect myself to be the best. I never have. And so I, I I want you to reflect on that. If you're listening to this, I want you to reflect on that. Think about where you came from. Think about what your expectations are for yourself because you know that nine that mindset is 90% of this journey and how it's impacting your mindset as you move forward. Are you expecting, do you have realistic expectations for yourself? Is it possible that anything that ha- that you've been struggling with as far as like failing or not feeling like you're good enough or you could never, you know, excel to that level to do like that kind of mileage or that kind of speed. Like, is that some preconceived, pre-programmed expectation that you have for yourself based on your previous history, right? Like, well, if I'm not going to be the best at it, then I'm not going to try it. Or if I'm I'm not ready to not be better than everybody else, so I'm not going to do it. Are you allowing yourself to just be pretty good? Because here's the thing, like here's the, here's my message at the end of the day that I hope resonates with with you guys and i hope that you 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 really take this into account that pretty good is good enough pretty good is actually a great place to be in and so maybe if you do this thing pretty well and you do pretty good then you're actually doing very well and you're doing really great because this is a good place to be in mindset wise so maybe we should start expecting ourselves to be pretty good and feel really good about that, about being pretty good. And what I mean is like show up the best way that we can, but not expect perfection of ourselves and, you know, not expect to be the best and not expect to be the fastest and not expect to, you know, beat your time every time you go out, every time you go out on a run, like just expect yourself to do pretty good. Like wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but I did pretty good. And maybe with that shift in expectation, you will be more willing to take risks and to do things that Maybe you're not going to be great at right away. When I was in my business training with my the business coach that I was working with in order to get this whole thing off the ground, 
Like that is my area of insecurity, 100%. I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to business and I need a lot of support. So I needed a coach, just like a lot of my runners who come to me, they come to me because either they're too afraid to do it on their own or they failed before and they want my help or they're not even sure where to start. And they just like the fact that I can give them here are steps one, two, and three, follow this plan and it's going to get you to your goal. Just trust me. And I'm going to help you with all those roadblocks along the way. But I had a coach to help me and my coach had to continuously tell me to do C minus work, right? Now for me, that meant that I wouldn't perfect my emails before I sent them all. I wouldn't perfect every video that I made before I recorded it. I wouldn't perfect every podcast episode before I sat down to record it. I would just do C minus work because the truth is if we sit around and we wait for ourselves to do A plus work and we wait for ourselves to have it the perfect way, we're never going to do it. And that is true. And when she said do C minus work, it set me free like you wouldn't believe. I was like, wait a minute, just showing up is so much better than not showing up until you're showing up perfectly, right? Like sitting down to record this podcast, I I do not write myself a script. I know some people do and they're more comfortable with that and that's okay. And maybe you think to yourself right now, like, well, no, no wonder you're all over the place because you don't have a script. I don't because I actually don't do well with that. I've tried that. I've tried bulleted points, but I really just need to kind of flow with my conversation. And sometimes I go completely off topic of what I originally wanted to sit down and record, but I feel very passionately about it. So whatever it is, I know that you guys need to hear it and will benefit from it. And so I think that there was a time before I would actually launch this podcast when I sat down and I was trying to perfect it, right? Like I had to have it perfect. I had to have all the topics, you know, prepared and all of the bulleted points, but it doesn't work for me. I do much better when something hits me. Like this conversation that I had, I had this conversation this week first with Mike in regards again to like our kids and then us and how we grew up and then talking to my sister last night. And I was like, this is something really worth sharing for people to reflect reflect upon and think, you know, is this impacting me in, in any certain way? And so give your permission, give yourself permission to do C minus work. And let's not do that just when it comes to running, right? Let's not do that just when it comes to, to, the the physical part of our lives. But why don't we do that when it comes to every part of our life? And I'm not kidding. I mean, like when it comes to work, how much are we obsessing over not doing things perfectly? I do. I really do. There's a part of me that really stresses as the, so I am a full-time school counselor and I used to be a teacher for 10 years. I taught elementary school, fourth and fifth grade. And, you know, teachers struggle. They struggle because the job is so freaking hard. It is so hard. And I can say that with all of the confidence in the world because I did it for 10 years. And it is the it was the hardest thing that I had ever done. And it's so hard because there are so many hats to wear, so many things to juggle, so many expectations to meet, and so many people that need feedback from you on how so many people are doing in the classroom. And it, it's a very hard. And so I think I'm naturally an empath, which means that I can feel how other people are feeling. And so I can feel that energy. And so my biggest goal as a school counselor is how can I help my teachers? Because I know if I take care of my teachers, they can take better care of their kids. And so I help the kids by helping the teachers. I really just want to be there for them. But I have to tell you, it gets very overwhelming. We have over 1,000 students and you know, I work with over, gosh, I don't know, 50 teachers. And it's very hard to meet all of their needs. And I always feel like even if I'm helping, I've helped, you know, one, two, three, or four of them in a day, like I've done a lot with them. I can't stop thinking about the others that I was not able to 
provide the extra support with, right? With students and teachers. And so it's very sometimes overwhelming and you can come home and, and feel like a failure. Like there was so much more that you wanted to be able to do. And sometimes it's to the point of like, where you don't even know where to start because there's so much that you want to take care of. And, and what that is that, that me freezing and saying like, okay, I right now feel like there are so many things that I want to do and I can't do all of them. And that, that freezing point is me trying to do a plus work. And it just, it's not, it's not a thing. You can't do it. So what do you got to do? You got to go out there and do C minus. You got to do the best you can. You, for me, I have to help who I can help. I can support who I can support. And I have to be okay with it. I have to, I have to be able to, at the end of the day, say, you know what? I helped people today. And maybe I couldn't help everybody, but I helped a lot of people. And so what if we started looking at, uh, at that in regards to so many things, parenting even, like how many times we beat ourselves up for the kind of parenting that we're doing, the kind of mom that I'm being, oh my gosh, did I make sure that they needed this and that? Did they, are they seen today? Like, did I look them in the eye and say like, I love you? And you know, all of the things there are, there's so much pressure in that regard too, to doing things perfectly. There's so much pressure from, you know, social media and society at this point for all of us when it comes to everything and doing everything perfectly, that we can get ourselves so wrapped up in all of the things that we're not doing. And literally, if you spend enough time on social media trying to research how to do something better, you will you will find yourself knee deep in all the things that you're doing wrong or that you're not doing. So what if we started saying like, hey, I was a pretty good mom today. Like pretty good is my goal. I'm going for C minus here. Like, yeah, I kind of, I told, I told one of my kids, you're annoying, go away. But I only did that one time today. And I also spent lots of time cuddling and asking, how was your day today? Like, so let's focus on that instead of saying like, I wasn't perfect. And, and I think that we could all benefit from that. Like, and then if we take like a global, not a global look, but like, you know, uh, if, if we do an aerial view of our life, right? And so I know that all of us have such high expectations for ourselves in regards to all of the things that we're trying to juggle. You know, we're trying to juggle, let's just say parenting and work and our physical fitness and and eating healthy and, and cooking and making sure we're being, you know, thoughtful and reaching out to our, our own parents and taking care of our own families and all of the things. How does my house look? Is it clean? Is it decorated? There are so many different things that we are trying to juggle. And when we look at, you know, we zoom in on one of the things, of course, we start peeling apart all the things that we're not doing and could be doing better. My house is a mess. I have laundry to do. You know, my things aren't organized. I didn't pack healthy lunches. All of the things. Like, it's impossible. And I really, truly think that our generation, those of us who are growing up now with social media, are at such a disadvantage because all we do is see so many highlight reels. And the thing is, like, we can look at some, you can look at my, let's take my social media, for instance. You could look at my Instagram and be like, dang, she's always working out. She's got, look at that. She's so motivated. She's training for all these races. Meanwhile, my laundry is piled up to, to my eyeballs and my house is a mess and um, I have no groceries. I'm laying in bed. <laughs> No joke. This is a complete honesty. I lay in bed at like 11 o'clock at night with one of my eyes like squinted shut because I'm so tired and my eyes are starting to close and I'm ordering groceries online like the day before I need them to be delivered to my house and I'm doing grocery delivery because I just can't even don't even know when I'm going to find a way to go to the store and I'm reordering things that I already have in my cabinet. I have like six or seven boxes of taco shells in there. Why? Because I'm so disorganized and I'm not, you know, I don't, make meal plans. I don't make grocery lists. I just get on my app and I order late at night because I'm like, oh dang, we need some food. And so I order it's So anyway, but if you look at my Instagram, you might think like, oh my gosh, she's got it so together or maybe not. Maybe you don't think that, but you could look at my reel, right? 
and say like, oh my gosh, she and her husband run together. Oh my gosh, they have so much fun. Look how cute her kids are. Oh, they all run together. They're such a fit family. They're so happy and they love running and all these things. Like, yes, and, and there are things of that that are totally true, but there are also days when I'm like, stop shaking your water bottle while you're running with me. And days when I'm like, are you going to go run? And days when I'm like, my kids are whining and hanging on me. Like, please don't make me run. And I'm calling a babysitter. Like, can you please just come and save us? Because I can't take them on another run. Like, let's be realistic. And and that's real, but, but it's so hard for our brains to process that and to be able to take apart something that we see and to say, like, oh, well, that's just a small part of it because it looks like, you know, you've got it all together. And so- the thing is, I think we see all these different reels, right? So you might see that when it comes to running, like, oh, I want to, I want to have a, you know, I want my family to do what her family is doing and, and whatnot. But then you look at somebody else's and like their house is completely decorated and all oh, that looks so cute. I want my house to look like that. Or you hop on Pinterest, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, I wish that I could cook these meals and I could meal prep like this. And, and you do these like little things where you grab all these people's, all these people's, everybody is like, you know, little highlight reel and you, you, you piece together this life that's impossible to achieve. You can't do all of those things. Literally, you can probably pick one or two and focus on them and make them 1% better, <laughs> but you can't do all those things, but our minds can't process that. All we do is see highlight reel, highlight reel. Oh, look at that family going on vacations. Oh my gosh, look how close they are. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, all of the things, look how much they travel. Look how nice their house is. Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and just, we, just expect ourselves to be doing all of these things at once. And it's not realistic and it's not possible. So what if we just aim to be pretty good? What if we were just pretty good? Hey, I'm pretty good at running. Hey, I'm pretty good at, you know, starting a business. I'm pretty good at it. No, I'm not perfect. No, I don't know what I'm doing, but hey, it's pretty good. I'm still showing up, right? I'm still recording podcasts. I'm still going on my lives. I'm still, I'm still doing pretty good. Hey, are you, you know, doing your runs? Maybe they're not perfect. Maybe they're not as fast as you want them to be. Maybe you're not, you know, pushing yourself to go the, the distance that you want to go, but are they pretty good? Is your house, you know, is it pretty clean? Do you, you know, do you cook sometimes? Like maybe that's what we should be striving for. And not just like, okay, well, I'm just going to succumb to the fact that I'm stuck at everything. No, but like, I'm proud of that. Like, hey, I'm doing pretty good and pretty good is pretty great. So I'm going to be proud of that. Like, look, I'm doing pretty well at everything. I'm balancing all these things. Everybody's fed. Everybody's, you know, relatively happy. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't said any cuss words today. So life is good. I'm doing pretty good at my job. You know, all of those things. But what if pretty good was actually pretty great. And that's what we strive for. And I wish there was like this filter where we could like apply that to social media. Like I hope, I really hope for my own children. And maybe this is wrong because I, you know, my business functions very much using Facebook, a Facebook group that I absolutely adore, but I do hope for our future that social media in a way somehow becomes curbed or, or revamped or doesn't is somehow like our kids, our the next generations are able to process that through a different lens and realize that it's not 100% reality and that they can have realistic expectations for themselves because it really does come down to that, doesn't it? Having realistic expectations for yourself and, and how to to be proud of what you have and how to be proud of what you're doing and not to expect yourself to be perfect and not expect yourself to be the fastest and the strongest and you know, the most organized and, and, and all of those things, because it's not real. It's not realistic. It's not real. So I encourage you reflect on your past, reflect on your upbringing, reflect on your relationship with sports and physical fitness and reflect on your 
status in that regard. Here's the other thing. I have many runners who come to me who have never worked out or were never into sports or physical fitness and have this preconceived notion that they couldn't, they can't be. They can't be physically active. Their bodies don't know how to do it. They didn't make the sports team. They didn't, they, they weren't at quote unquote athletic growing up. And so they come to me and say, are you sure you can turn me into a runner? Because I've never played sports. I literally had somebody say to me, I've never worked out a day in my life. Are you sure I can do this? And she 100% got herself to a 5K, ran 3.1 miles. Sure did. That's right. And my other runner who said to me, I've never considered myself an athlete. I never considered myself physically active. I never considered myself physically fit. Are you sure I can do this? She just went from zero to half marathon. She ran a half marathon in February and said to me, I still can't believe this. You made me a runner and I never thought that I was even an active, quote unquote, active person. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? The stories we tell ourselves based on our history and our past. The truth is, and the bottom line at the end of the day, whether you were the best or you were pretty good like me, or you were not involved because you didn't think that you could be, all of that is just a thought. At the end of the day, all of those are just thoughts. All of this, this whole conversation I'm having today is just reflecting on your thoughts and expectations for yourself. And so if we can change our thoughts, we can change our feelings, right? We change our thoughts, we change our feelings. And if we can change our feelings, we can take those steps to move forward. Even better, we can just start taking those steps and in turn, we'll change our feelings, which in turn will also change our thoughts about ourselves by continuing to move forward. So if you have any of those doubts, give yourself a few minutes to kind of linger back through how you were raised and to see if any of those connect the dots for you and say like, oh, this must be why I feel this way. The good news is it's not fact, it's just a thought. And thoughts are not facts. And I can change my thoughts and create my own facts. And I can be a physically active person and I can do it pretty good. And pretty good can be pretty great if I just start to show up. And and those can become my new thoughts. And then those can become my facts because I just showed you that I showed up for myself and I broke through that glass ceiling that I had for myself that either I was never going to be good enough at this or I was never going to be able to do this. And I moved my body physically beyond those thought limitations. And I've proved to myself that that's not even true. I busted through that glass ceiling and now my thoughts are changed and the way I see myself are changed. And then the world is completely open to you. And that is the biggest, that is the biggest gift you can give yourself. Because once you break through those thoughts, it's all downhill from there, really. It's all just a matter of, like I talked about on my live tonight, which is you just get to pick what you want to do next. And you just know, like, I can do whatever I want. I can follow a plan and get to wherever I want to go. I just have to decide how much time I want to commit to that and what feels exciting and fun for me. And what a great place to be in. To no longer say, like, can I do this? But to say, like, what do I want to do? And that is a gift to yourself, you guys. So if you haven't done so yet, get out there for a run. If you haven't started running yet, get out there for a walk. Jog for 20 seconds. See how it feels. Go shatter some glass ceilings and get out there and be pretty good today. Go be pretty good. Go be go be C minus and go be pretty good because pretty good is actually pretty great. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging out with me. I look forward to speaking to you guys every week. You know, Wednesday nights, I'm live on my Facebook page, Tina Reffa Running at 7 p.m. Eastern time as it stands right now. And these podcasts drop every weekend. I'll be releasing a new episode for you. If you're listening to this and you're not currently one of my runners, 
which is unlikely because my runners are taking over my podcast. <laughs> my podcast listens. But if you are not a runner and you are curious on how to get started with us at Tina Repa Running, you just need to head over to tinarepa.com forward slash run get your name on the wait list for the next challenge that opens up. And you'll be contacted as soon as that challenge is getting ready to rock and roll, which we will be doing a summer challenge um, very soon. I cannot believe it's the middle of March as I am recording this. We are breaking through winter. Spring is around the corner. Spring is racing season. So many races to be had, so much fun to be had, so much celebrating for the work that was done through the winter. And this is like the best time because now we all get to go out there, run our races, collect our medals, get our swag, and walk around with our heads held high saying, I freaking worked for this and I freaking did it. So I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, if you heard something that resonated with you or something you think someone else needs to hear, make sure you share this episode. You can carry on the conversation by joining the Run Your Happy Life Facebook group or by following me on Instagram at runwithtinareppa. Send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear more about. I'm on a mission to turn non-runners into runners and doubters into believers. So if this is you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, Go get uncomfortable and chase that sunshine.